You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to another Locked On Fantasy Basketball Fast Break podcast. Today we're going to be looking at the top 20 rookies over the last two weeks as well as doing a fantasy check-in on a few teams across the NBA. The Denver Nuggets, the Detroit Pistons, the Golden State Warriors and the Houston Rockets. Michael Bolton. Let's get to it. To it. Hi guys, let's take a look at the top 20 rookies per game value over the last two weeks, give you an idea how some of these young guys are performing. A couple of surprising names that are ranked perhaps higher than what you might expect. At uh, number one in the top 20 rookies is DeAndre Ayton, the number 22 overall player over the last two weeks, averaging 31 minutes, which is an improvement on what he'd been doing previously. 20 points and 14 rebounds is obviously fantastic. Only a block per game that's still yeah, somewhat negative on his part, but 61% from the field and 81% from the line. They are huge, huge numbers. He's rebounding and his field goal percentage are his biggest fantasy contribu- contributions. If he can get um, you know, those blocks up to 1.5, 1.7, you're talking top 20, top 15 type of numbers. That appears like it's a long way off at the moment, but Aiton should be a consistent top 50 guy for a while. I do have my doubts about his upside, just in case the Suns ever get good in the next three to four seasons. Will his lack of defense limit his overall minutes? Say someone like a Hassan Whiteside, who does get limited um, you know, in terms of playing time, a guy that was able to provide pretty good defense, but you know, has uh, bouts of laziness and uh, lack of concentration. If that happens to Aiton, does he, instead of being a consistent 30-minute-a-night guy in a playoff team, go down to a 25-minute-a-night guy? And that's my only concern with him long-term. Number two with uh, the rookies is the number 49 overall player, Luka Doncic, who's averaging 23, 6.5, and and 7 with 1.4 steals. His efficiency, in contrast to Aiton, is what's keeping him down. 44 and 71% from the field and from the line, 34% from three. If those numbers were up at the 46 and 80 mark, and he was an 80% free throw shooter in, in in the Europe in the Europe, that's not the right word, in EuroLeague or in Europe, one of those two, Josh, uh, he would be much higher than this, and he is a consistent, going to be a consistent top 25, top 20 fantasy player for the next 8 to 10 years would be my guess. Still room for improvement in that free throw percentage and the efficiency. The other numbers look, or they already look fantastic, and uh, no reason he can't be a 25, 26 point per game guy with three triple seven rebounds, uh, seven assists, 1.6 steals. Okay, that, that's a, a peak number for him, which would look excellent on good efficiency. The number three rookie, Triple J, Jaron Jackson Jr., number 71 overall. Only 27 minutes a night and only 1.7 blocks, which for him is low, but 14 and 6. Uh, 52%. He is going to be, again, a consistent top 25 guy over the course of his career. Probably won't get there this season, but in in 30 minutes a night, if he stays out of foul trouble, he'll be a, a pretty good a pretty solid top 50 guy. The next couple of players are two guys who I don't think that many people would expect to be this high. They're obviously available in a lot of leagues, 85% available for McCall Bridges and 87% available for Kevin Huerta. Bridges is the fourth ranked rookie, the number 78 ranked player overall over the last two weeks. Six games, 33 minutes, only eight points, but it's two steals, 0.8 blocks, 1.23s, which is getting his numbers up. The biggest contribution he's giving us are his steal numbers, and that's the appeal of uh, McCall Bridges as a fantasy guy is the triple one potential, even the triple one and a half potential. Maybe blocks at one and a half is a little bit high, and if you can add some usage in, usage of only 10% at the moment, and get that scoring up, he could be a top 50 player in the next couple of seasons. For now, He's on the borderline. He's not helping you in points. 
He's like a Kyle Anderson type of player, and he probably is a spot for him in 12-team leagues. Even with Kelly Oubre arriving, he's getting 30 minutes a night. He is up and down, and it is really hinging on those steal numbers, but the minutes are encouraging. While Kevin Huerta, 33 minutes a night, 13 points, 2 assists, 1.2 steals, shooting well, 49 from the field, 88 from the line, and 45 from three. So that will come down, I imagine, a bit. But I also think his assist numbers at 1.8 will rise and the rebounds will rise. And he should be in and around that top 100 mark for most of the season. And I believe he is a must-roster player. The number six overall rookie, uh, number 98 overall, Trey Young of those same Atlanta Hawks, averaging 15-3-7, shooting a little bit better, 41 from the field and 26% from three. That's still terrible, but it's an increase on where he was before. He is a must-roster player, and I do think his field goal percentage will continue to get better this season, while the number seven overall rookie is Rowdy Rodion's Kuroks, the number 104 overall player, 13 points in 26 minutes, four rebounds, 0.7 steals and 0.7 blocks, but he is benefiting from a really sharp shooting, 53% from the field, which will dip somewhat. Of course, the return of Alan Crabb could put a cramp in Kuroks's value, but I'll throw this out there to you. Do you think that he is a better player currently than Damari Carroll? Is he a better player currently than Rondé Hollis-Jefferson? Is he a better player currently than Alan Crabb? Now, he doesn't have to be a better player than all three of those guys, but I think you could easily make the argument that he could be a better player than all of those individually, and at least he's better than at least one of them right now. Kenny Atkinson yeah, wouldn't commit to saying that he would start uh, when Alan Crabb returned, but the fact that he didn't outright rule it out means that he wants to start him over Crabb, in my opinion. And he is someone to keep an eye on. In a, he's a 14-team must-add Kuroks. I think he's going to be a consistent top 100 guy in the future. And uh, look, there's a real chance he can be a top 120, top 130 guy the rest of the way here. The next rookie we look at, who is the number eight overall, the Fort, Kevin Knox, 113th, and he's averaging almost 20 points and 2.6 triples. They're big numbers. He just is a negative in every other category. Five rebounds, one assist, 0.6 steals, 0.4 blocks, 44 and 73. He's more of a benefit to people playing in points leagues who just bludgeon volume through the points. Um, in categories, he does have those lacks, but still lacking in those areas, he's still able to put up a you know, top 120 value, which makes him a 12-team league guy. The ninth-ranked player is the Rock DJ Robbie Williams of the Boston Celtics, only 14 minutes a night, and it's coming off the back of two categories, 2.7 blocks and 80% from the field. But with Horford back in action, Williams was a DNP CD on Christmas Day, so it doesn't matter that Aaron Baines is out. There's no reason to have him in 12-team leagues. Daniel Tice will take that backup role. There'll be games that Williams comes in and plays, no doubt, but it's not going to be consistent enough to consider him a must-roster player. And the number 10 overall rookie is Marvin Bagley, 137th overall. He's only played two games in this time and only 16 minutes there, shooting 86 and 90% from the field. They're unrealistic numbers. He'll be, I think he is a 12-team league guy, and when he is ready to return, I'd grab him if he was on your wire. The number 11 guy is Shea Gilgis-Alexander, 28 minutes, 10 points, almost three assists and 0.8 steals. His field goal percentage is high, but it's been high pretty much all season, 57% from the field in the last six games. And the block numbers at 0.5, they've been higher for most of the year as well. I do think that he is a 12-team league guy, but for example, I would have Kuroks, and actually, no, try again. I would have Huerta over him. I would have Trey Young over him pretty clearly. I would have Knox over him. I would have Bagley over him. Um, just going by rookies here. McCall Bridges and Kuroks are, are a real toss-up to me, um, you know, and it would depend on how my team looks. But I still do believe in Shea, but he's you know, he's faltering a little bit at the moment. The number 12 over rookie is DeAnthony Melton in 21 minutes a night. He's the 172nd ranked overall player, 12th in rookies, and he's averaging 3.7 points. 
That just shows you how much these other categories are carrying him. Mainly steals, 1.8 steals with 2.8 assists. Think of a worse Marcus Smart, a steals and assist stream. I had high hopes that they'd play him 26, 27 minutes. But with Booker back, with Oubre arriving, he is the guy that's lost those minutes. Jamal Crawford's inexplicably getting more playing time than Melton, and it's hard to hold him in 12-team formats. At number 13 is Devontae Graham of the Charlotte Hornets. He's only played two games, but he's averaged five and a half assists in those 14 minutes per game, and he shot the ball well. He's a, not an every-night player, but this gives me encouragement for him when Tony Parker is gone, that he slides into that backup point guard role, and he can be a J.J. Barea-type backup point guard, a uh, Patrick Beverly guy from in the past, a guy that in 26 minutes or so, 22 minutes or so, can even impact 12-team league. So he's been impressive over those last couple of games. Number 14 is Landry Shamet, the 202nd ranked player overall, one of the best three-point streamers out there. 2.1 triples per game in the last seven games in only 19 minutes. He doesn't do anything else, really. Nine points, 1.6 rebounds, but a constant source of efficient threes can be really useful. Number 15 in the rookies is Miles Bridges of the Charlotte Hornets, 209th overall, 20 minutes, 6-4 and four with 0.7 steals and 0.7 blocks. He is a triple one specialist like the other Bridges, um, averaging 0.8, 0.7, and 0.7 in threes, steals, and blocks in only 20 minutes. His path to becoming a starter this year is, is limited, and it's only going to come with an injury to someone like Nick Batum. You've got Kid Gilchrist, Marvin Williams, and Batum all ahead of him at the moment, but he looks to be clearly ahead of Dwayne Bacon, and I do like Bridges' long-term upside. At 16 is Harry Giles of the Sacramento Kings, 228th overall, only two games. He's averaged eight and a half points there with 1.5 steals, but he's not a regular member of the rotation, and I don't think that he is going to necessarily become one, so I wouldn't be stashing him in 12 or 14 or 16 team leagues, maybe deeper ones and, of course, dynasties, but I'm not as high on him in uh, in dynasties as what some other people may be. Number 17. Bruce Brown of the Detroit Pistons. 17 minutes a game, only 5.3 rebounds, 1.3 assists, but he's blocking 1.2 shots. He had a little run of 16-team relevancy. That has faded off with the return of Luke Kennard and the impending return of uh, the little dog, Glenn Robinson, and Reggie Bullock back as well. He's shown enough to me, though, um, Brown, to think he's a rotation guy, and I like his assist steals, Marcus Smart-type upside. Wendell Carter Jr. is your next rookie, number 18 overall in the rookies, 248th. He is struggling, only 21 minutes, 8 and 5 with a block, 50% from the field. And it's all coming down to fouls, which is really limiting his playing time. I think that if you are struggling in the standings, it is hard to hold on to Wendell Carter with how he's being utilized by his coach and also how uh, he can't stay out of foul trouble. And that's, again, on him and on, on the coach as well. Um, but I do believe he's going to be a top 100 player this season. It's just going to take a little bit to get there. At number 19 is Josh Okogie of the Minnesota Timberwolves, 256 overall. He's averaging 20 minutes a game. He's getting extra playing time with Jeff Teague out, and that's uh, helping his numbers, but he's not doing enough to really consider him an, uh, an, every t- an every team or even a 20-team league guy, to be honest, because when Teague comes back, I don't think he's going to be in the rotation. And the last rookie we talk about, number 20, 257 overall, is Jalen the Burner Brunson, 25 minutes, 9 points, 2 assists, 42% from the field. He's getting minutes because Dennis Smith Jr. is out, and when Smith returns, I don't think Brunson's going to be in the rotation, but another guy who I think they're grooming to be a replacement for J.J. Breyer down the line, who could be a top 200 player if all things move in the right direction for him. That does it, the top 20 rookies over the last two weeks.
fantasy check-in for the Denver Nuggets. Now, Nick Jokic really stepping up with all, all these injuries, the number fourth ranked player over the last two weeks, 25 and 11 with two steals. And finally, the shot's going down. I've talked about this quite a bit with Jokic, how the shot wasn't falling. He was still putting up you know, good top 15 numbers. And when that shot started to fall, then it would be a really time for us to get excited. And we're seeing that at the moment. I guess the big surprise on Denver at the moment with the injuries to Will Barton, Isaiah Thomas, Gary Harris, is the play of Monty Morris, the number 40 ranked player overall over the last two weeks. 28 minutes a night, 14 points, 5 assists, almost 2 steals, and it's on a ridiculous 59% shooting, including 50% from 3 and 63% from 2-point range. Numbers which won't sustain, and overall the playing time and the production won't sustain, but for now, until those guys are out, we might be looking at a couple more games for Barton and Harris, uh, maybe a, a week or so for those guys, and Morris is going to be able to retain some value. The other guy who's got to jump up at the moment with Paul Millsap out is Mason Plumlee, 130th over the last couple of weeks. 9 points and 7 rebounds, 0.8 blocks, 48 and 63%. And there's massive room for him to improve there because he is usually a much better field goal percentage guy than that. And that could easily push him into the top 100. So I think he's a short-term 12-team league guy. Jamal Murray's just been chugging along, doing what he does. Well, Wancho Hernan Gomez, who was a 12-team league guy, with the absences of uh, of Barton. He's really fallen off at the moment. The shot has deserted him 37% over his last four games, nine and a half points with four and a half rebounds in 29 minutes. And those returns are likely to impact one show as well. And I think that he, if you realistically assess your roster, he's probably going to be the worst player on your 12-team league, which means he's a streaming option and someone that you can move on from and get someone else into that area. Again, we're, we're probably looking at Harris and Barton you know, coming back in the next week or so. Uh, Millsap, a a little bit after that, and Isaiah Thomas, we just haven't heard of, and I'll stress again, I don't believe Isaiah Thomas is a stash player in 12-team leagues or 14-team leagues. I don't think he's going to have really any significant impact this season at all. Fantasy check-in for the Detroit Pistons, Andre Drummond, the free throws are a real problem. Everything else is great. 15 and 16 with three blocks is awesome. But 55% on five and a half attempts is a real problem for Drummond. And we're back to the bad old days of where where you have him, you're auto-punting. The Z score in that category over the last two weeks is a negative 3.2, which is very hard to recover from. Blake Griffin playing just what he does, 24, 8, and 6. Strong numbers from Griffo. Well, Reggie Bullock over the last couple of weeks has been hot. He's hit over four threes a game, 18 points on 53% shooting, but he does nothing else. And that shooting level, along with that increased usage and those amount of threes, they're not going to stick for Bullock. I think he's a more of a streamer sort of guy, and I'd imagine his numbers to drop down. Well, Reggie Jackson, he's hovering in that 12-team zone. He's not a 10-team league guy. 128th over the last two weeks, 15 points, four assists. He gets no steals. He gets no blocks. He's bad efficiency. He doesn't hit many threes, and that's what always holds him back from being a fantasy guy, a bad rebounder as well. He is okay for 12-team leagues, but he's not for everybody, and not much is going to change. Maybe when Ish Smith comes back, he actually loses a little bit of value. And then you've got that mix of wings, Langston Galloway, Bruce Brown, Stan Johnson, the Duck Luke Kennard. Kennard starting. He's not getting enough minutes. I need to see him get 28 a night to even consider him for 14-team leagues, and I think he should, and I think that if he did, he would be a useful player, but he's just nowhere near that at the moment. Galloway is hot and cold. He's like a DFS GPP type of guy. You throw him in, you go, maybe, maybe it's a big night or maybe it's a two-pointer. That's where he sits. Brown and Johnson are your defensive uh, steals and blocks type streamers. And that's really about it with Zaza Pachulia and the tackle box John Lua seemingly alternating back up uh, center minutes behind Drummond. 
Fantasy check-in for the Golden State Warriors. Over the last couple of weeks, you'd be surprised to know that Stephen Curry is the 14th ranked player because he's shooting 42% from the field and 36% from three. Numbers which are nowhere near what he does on his best day. So is this perhaps a buy low for Steph? It very well could be, assuming you are trying to deal with someone who has him who's got no idea about basketball whatsoever. But there are plenty of those people who play fantasy basketball. Draymond Green still struggling outside the top 50, averaging 7, 8, and 5.5 and with two steals and a block. I always push back on the idea that he's a second or even third round pick because of the lack of offensive numbers. That's even fallen away significantly this season. 36% shooting from the field over the last seven. I don't anticipate a rise back into the top 20 or maybe even the top 30 for Draymond. He is what he is. While Clay Thompson, the 110th ranked player over the last two weeks, again, he is not that top 30 or top 40 guy he was for the last three or four seasons. His shooting has to improve because he's shooting 21% from three over the last two weeks and is at 34% on the season. He's a better shooter than that, but he doesn't provide enough in those other areas to bolster his rankings. So he is like a, a top 70, top 80 guy, I believe, for the rest of the season. And you should be treating him as such. So don't go buying him, assuming that you're getting this top 40 guy back. So I don't think that'll be the case. Kevon Looney and Yunus Sarepko have been swapping that center role. They're both providing okay deeper league numbers. Looney's the guy you want if you want some blocks and field goal percentage. Yurepko is going to be a three-point streaming option. But they're not really challenging that 12-team zone. Well, DeMarcus Cousins, he looks like he's going to be back at some point in January. I would really be tempering my expectations as to how long it's going to take him to get right. They're in no... Well, maybe they are in some need to rush him, considering they are struggling at the moment. Um, he is going to be slow coming back. He won't get to 30 minutes a night, I wouldn't think. Um, and usage and, and fit with his team is going to be a real worry. So if you are middle pack, you're holding on to Cousins for the four, six weeks until he comes back and then another two, three, four weeks until he gets it sorted, it's probably not going to be in your best interest to do that. And I'd probably let someone else deal with it. If I'm comfortably in the top two in rankings or standings, I would do it and I would see how that goes, but we could be two months away from Cousins having any sort of top 50 impact. He could do it, but we could be a little bit away from that actually happening. Fantasy check-in for the Houston Rockets. We know Chris Paul is out for the next couple of weeks with that hamstring injury. James Harden has been ridiculous, averaging 40 points with seven rebounds, nine assists, and five triples, and he will continue to be ridiculous the rest of the season, but more specifically when Paul is out. And with Chris Paul out, Eric Gordon, who went from a not rosterable 12-team league guy into a must-roster guy, as long as Paul is absent, uh, Gordon becomes that guy. Austin Rivers then moves into the Eric Gordon role, which means he is not a 12-team league guy. I don't care that he got 31 minutes on Christmas Day. He's a guy that needs all of the usage, no other players around him, plus 34 minutes to even have a sniff of the top 120, and those things aren't happening in Houston. So you leave Austin Rivers for 16-team leagues, maybe 14-team leagues, despite those minutes. Daniel House and Gerald Green had been playing some of those extra minutes. They're going to lose out with Rivers in town. You can look at uh, Green as a three-point streamer, averaging 2.43s over the last seven. House provides okay steal numbers, okay three-point numbers, but nothing overly exciting. And we're waiting the return of James Ennis as well, and that'll put further cramps into the value of Green and, uh, and House when he returns. In fact, one of those guys will likely find themselves out of the rotation. Speaking of out of the rotation, Brandon Knight is out of the rotation now that Austin Rivers is in town. And um, yeah, he's. Uh, it looks like he may never really get back to anywhere close to what he was back in Phoenix or, or God forbid, even what he was like in Milwaukee. Also, shout out to Marquise Chris, who is on his way to being out of the NBA. 
And that'll do it for another Locked On Fantasy Basketball Fast Break Podcast. Follow me on Twitter at RedRock underscore Beeble and subscribe Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spotify, and you can see these shows on YouTube as well, guys. We are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.